spacecraft did not crash in Roswell, New Mexico in 1947. You know flat earthers, I guarantee it. But you don't know who they are because they're afraid of talking about it. This is not a test. This is your emergency broadcast system. And welcome to the 76th annual Subliminal Deception Podcast, your weekly dose of conspiracy theory bullshit. My name is Cody. I'm joined by my pal, Phil. How are you? Doing good, buddy. How about yourself? Not doing too bad. Now, I will ask you how the weather is, but you are visiting us in Minnesota. So how is the weather in Minnesota versus Arizona been? It's it's nice. It's relaxing. It's nice and cool out. Uh, there's some moisture in the air. I'm actually, I'm leaving today, but I have finally gotten over the onset of allergies that I've gotten since I've gotten here, so <laughs> perfect timing for that. You know what's interesting? Um, You you weren't uh, uh, with us, but Bianca informed me that somewhere in California had record heat today. It was today or yesterday. It was 116 degrees. Yeah, that is most of the days that we had had for about the past two months. It got up to... 114 to 116. But it like for Arizona that's normal. California, I don't know. Yeah, for sustained it's unnormal. Like getting that high like once in a while during the summer is normal, but having it almost every single day for the months of June and July, that's pretty abnormal for us. What weather event would have to happen in Arizona for you to be like, okay, I think something's weird? A fucking blizzard. A blizzard. A blizzard. We were joking about that. Like, what if Minnesota has nice winter, like a 60 degrees all winter, and then Arizona has like a massive blizzard? Yeah, that would be fucking insane. You would only see moving trucks on the road at that point. <laughs> all the snowbirds flying back up north. Fuck this. I well, Here's the other thing. Uh, I wonder what Minnesota would do with itself if they didn't need to repair the roads constantly every year. Like, they had a whole winter where the roads didn't get destroyed. What would the construction workers do? Oh, I'm sure they would catch up on fucking work. <laughs> I, being in this town for, what, the four days, they've got some They've got some work to do, some catching up. Yeah. Anyway, Phil, why don't you talk about the conspiracy news that you heard today? Well, the, I don't know what you can call her. Congresswoman Debbie Wasserman Schultz uh, from the 2016 DNC chair fame, very infamous, that's a good word for it, Mm -hmm. infamous for putting it in the can for Hillary Clinton over Bernie Sanders. Once she got caught uh, with the email leak, she immediately started working for Hillary Clinton, which is not suspicious at all. Mm. She's actually a congresswoman right now, and she is working to try to undo what Donald Trump is trying to do to the postal uh, office or postal service currently. She's actually, the other day, was trying to visit a post office in Florida, and the postal police turned her away. They didn't want her looking into it. No, they they did not. They The reason that they gave is that Debbie Wasserman Schultz's aides did not give enough time for the visit. They said that they had just informed them in the afternoon the day before, and they said that they would need more time to prepare for her visit. But her aides said that she did that on purpose so that they wouldn't have time to cover anything up. I mean, that makes sense. Like, think 
Think about all the jobs we've had. You go to, I can't even count when I was at Best Buy how many times, corporate would give you like a three, four day notice. So then everybody would clean up the store to make it seem like it was in tip top shape, even though it was just an illusion. Oh, yeah. That's essentially what the post office was trying to do here. Now, this was in Florida, right? Yes, this was in Florida. Okay, well, obviously, generally speaking, a very pro-Trump state. Apparently, what they were trying to do... So, the letters that she had received were that some of the mail was in crates that was supposed to be delivered in, like, back in July. And apparently, there was all of these people's prescriptions... Checks coming from Social Security, disability, all of these, all of these checks, very important mail was supposed to be coming to these people and they were not getting them. And the postal workers were saying that they're basically just locked up in crates and there's not enough people there, not enough like resources for them to get the mail out. I mean, Florida is full of the elderly people. I feel like they need that shit. Yes, they need their fucking drugs and their checks. Uh, oh, boy. Well, I guess we're about, what, two months now from the election being... Is it uh, November 7th or 8th, right? Yeah, it's early November. Ugh, it'll be an interesting time in the United States between now and then. I don't know. It, it does seem like, though, the U.S. is finally starting to heal from the coronavirus. So maybe by then, as long as everybody... Keeps wearing their mask, keeps their hands clean, quit coughing on each other, quit licking shit in Walmart. <laughs> I think we'll we'll make it out of this. Yeah, I also saw a story that the I'm not sure, uh, like the health, the government's health administration, whatever that's called. I'm not exact. I don't remember exactly what it's called, but they were telling health services to be prepared for a possible November first release of a vaccine. I was uh, I was going to ask you quick. Would you take that vaccine, that early, less than a year to create vaccine, if it came out November first? <sighs> I I don't know. This is this is kind of like a a hard thing because not only have all the con crazy conspiracy people like scared everybody about it, it just feels really rushed too. Yes. So I think that's kind of the main point of contention. I This sounds bad, but I think I might let the first wave get it. Yep. And then as long as nobody's dropping over dead instantly, then probably I'd go for it. I mean, that's really, if you think about it, that's the, if it was a vaccine that they had worked on for 10 years and finally had come out with, you're going to, like in the, like the age you are, the shape you're in, you're going to want to let the older people and the people who are like more prone to possibly catching this disease, you're going to want to let them take it first. But I mean, well, here's the thing. you don't need it. That's the thing. We, here's the thing. Do we do we know if coronavirus is like it needs a group immunization or is it the flu where just if you get a flu vaccine, then you're pretty much good? Well, with the flu vaccine, they have a bunch of different vaccines for uh, like a like the big viruses. So so every year there's a certain number or a certain amount of viruses that they think are going to affect the population. So they try to put all of those vaccines into that year's cocktail of, of a flu shot. Mm. So, I mean, with this coronavirus vaccine, I'm not exactly sure because I have heard that there are three strands of this virus. 
Really? But that's the the most. I've heard that there's like a European strand. I heard that there's like the, the Wuhan strand and possibly another one, I think from like India or one that's kind of mutated in the United States. I'm not exactly sure, but I it might be a conspiracy, but I have heard there's three. Well, I mean, that's what viruses do. I don't know. It's a It's a really fickle situation. This is a really <laughs> fickle conversation, but... Man, seeing the long-term effects of people who've contracted coronavirus and how it's affecting their organs and stuff, it's scary stuff, man. Yeah, that shit's scary. Because even if you come away with it feeling fine, you might have something down the line, like six months to a year, where all of a sudden you realized you have, what, like diminished brain capacity, (laughs) like mental, you know, mental capacity, diminished heart, lungs, all of these organs that you figured are just going to come out fine. And well, well, just today, there's a report about kids who have get, gotten it, have enlarged hearts, and then as they grow up, they might have long-term problems with that. That's scary, man. Or possible superpowers. Yeah, well, that's what we hope for. But uh, <laughs> this is just a waiting game at this point. You know, we got to have faith in the vaccines, though. We have to do that. Otherwise, we'll dis- descend into a world of chaos. That's how I feel. So... Anyway, Phil, why don't we talk about a magical place that you're going to be talking about today? All right. So, throughout the centuries, many civilizations have come and gone, leaving nothing more than hollowed-out ruins and stories of their triumphs, achievements, and eventual downfalls and undoings. This, however, is not always the case, with some civilizations having little to no evidence of their existence whatsoever. For some of these societies, possibly not even existing at all. So are you saying this is the clean part of Pittsburgh? It might have existed at one point, but does no longer exist. Oh, absolutely not. (laughs) Every part of Pittsburgh is just filled with trash, literal and figurative. Yeah, well, I heard that's where the unicorns used to be. Yeah, but they all got eaten. Yeah, they... (laughs) They got served at Steelers games. Eaten and fucked to death. <laughs> so for today, going off a little bit on the stuff I said before, we are going into those waters because for today's episode, we will be discussing the possibly mythical, possibly lost city of Atlantis. Okay. Now, is this like the Sebastian, the is he the fish or the crab? I think he's the crab. Sebastian? Yeah, I think he was the crab. Wait, oh, Flounder. That's who I'm thinking yeah. of. Okay. So is this like the the Disney version of Atlantis or is this a different version? Well, I tried to stay away from the the underwater sea kingdom, okay. Little Mermaid Atlantis. Mm. I am going to be talking a tiny bit about pop culture. Just a, just a, just a hair. Not the, the worst superhero fucking ever, Aquaman. No, yeah. He was from Atlantis. I'm also going to be, I'll, I'll slightly mention Aquaman, but yes, okay. I'm not going to be talking about the underwater sea kingdom. I'm talking about, is this possibly a, a real, real place mm. on land with humans, not people? Gotcha. Okay. I'm I'm glad you call them by their proper term, people. people. <laughs> yes. They're from the lands, not mm. the regions. <laughs> so most people have, whether having to do with fiction or popular culture, heard of this famous place, and when people think about the mythical civilization of Atlantis, the image of a sunken city does come to mind, having previously been populated by a hyper-advanced civilization that may have been the forerunner 
to other ancient civilizations after its collapse. Or, if you were a fan of The Little Mermaid, mm. possibly you imagine an underwater kingdom filled with people swimming about the city's ancient columns. It is interesting that if we assume Atlantis is a real place, as far as we know, humans can't breathe underwater. So how did it transform from like a, a lost city into an underwater adventure kingdom? Well, really, I'll get into it a little bit okay. later. But okay. during the 1800s, there was there was this really big, like a scientific revolution. We talked about it before with dinosaurs. Yeah. Where kind of these amateur archaeologists, these amateur people, amateur scientists, I guess in general, you could say, were really trying to find a lot of these old myths. And they actually may have successfully in some places. Uh, we mentioned like before the dinosaurs, finding all of these dinosaurs, figuring out what the world looked like uh, before, really dispelling a lot of the myths from current religions. Okay, so it'd basically be like before the AFL-NFL merger, allegedly, the Detroit Lions had won championships. Yes. But we assume that's a myth. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Okay, just I'm following, like, yeah. Just like saying that a Minnesota team won uh, the NBA championships, the one right. that's in LA. Right. Never happened. Right. No, the, Minnesota never won a championship. The Minneapolis Lakers never existed. Nope. For some, though, mention of the mythical city conjures images of an ancient lost city. That very much existed on this earth, just waiting for the evidence to be found that will open up mainstream history books to a major rewrite, transporting the story of Atlantis from fictional mythology to factual legend. I feel like what's missing from that is that Nick Cage has not starred in a movie where he's trying to find Atlantis yet. Yes, if Nick Cage jumps on board this project, we are within a couple of years, or at least within a couple of years from a crappy movie, but yes. <laughs> I don't. Was National Treasure crappy? It was okay. It was all right. It was I not I bad. didn't mind it. I did enjoy the Gone in sixty seconds documentary. That was yeah. that was great. Well, in National Treasure, you were once again able to witness how terrible of an actor John Voight is. Oh yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it may sound ridiculous, the thought that a story that had been thought to be a myth for hundreds, if not thousands of years, could be assigned to a real location and a legitimate place in the historical record. However, this has actually happened with another supposedly mythical city before, which was thought to be nothing more than an ancient legend retold throughout the generations. Okay, piquing my interest here. Now, for centuries, the ancient city of Troy was thought to be nothing more than a myth, a story told and retold throughout the generations. Now, 2,000 years ago, Homer wrote the Iliad, a poem telling the story of the Greek allies banding together, traveling to the powerful city of Troy, waging war against the heavily defended city on behalf of their king. Now, the king's brother had a wife, Helen, that had run off with the prince of Troy. And that is why, that's basically like the story of the Iliad. Okay. Uh, there's also, you know, most people have seen uh, the great movie slash like a, Documentary, yep. historical documentary, I yep. guess you could call it. Brad Pitt. Yep. So who is Brad Pitt's character supposed to be in that movie? That would be Achilles. Gotcha. And he's also, he's a very important part of the story of the Iliad. So they, okay, so is that where they got the name of the tendon from? Yes, it is. Actually, in the movie, uh, what takes him down finally is Paris shoots Achilles in the ankle. 
Gotcha. Okay. And then after that, he had to use that little one-legged wheelchair to scoot around. <laughs> yes, exactly. Gotcha. Okay. I don't. Every time I see like an athlete rupture that thing, it just looks fucking painful. Oh yeah. I mean, what was it? Twenty years ago, if you fucked up your Achilles tendon, you were done. You were gonna have a. You were gonna have a seat at the booth because. You were not coming back from that. But now it looks like they can like sew that shit back together and well, put you on the mend. I'll never forget this one. I, I think it was during a Vikings game. The guy was running and he did a cut and fell to the ground. You're like, okay, what happened? And when they slow-moed it and you could see it looked like a rubber band snapped underneath his leg. And it was just like the most disgusting thing. And it just rolls up into his calf. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Oh, fucking terrible. God damn you, Brad Pitt. Yeah. So also in that, that the story of the Iliad, another key figure is Achilles. I believe it's his brother or lover or cousin, something like that. All the same thing. Although it could be all the same thing back then. (laughs) Uh, It's actually the story of where the Olympics came from was from that dude's death. Also, Prince Hector was Troy's hero in that that story. Okay. And then he started getting spoon engines <laughs> racing yeah. Fast and Furious. <laughs> yeah, he was not. The funny thing about the movie is he was not like the face in the original story. He was actually the heel. Ah, gotcha. Yep. Okay. So during the 19th century, British archaeologist Charles McLaren and Scottish archaeologist Frank Calvert linked a hill containing many ancient artifacts with the lost city of Troll. The site is located in the northwest corner of Turkey, in a region known in antiquity as the Troad, an area of land at the mouth of the Dardanelles. Now, this site has been the possible location for the mythical city before the two men had made that assertion. To be honest, Phil, all of them words you just said sound like mythical beings themselves. They don't even sound real. Yeah, you might want to Google those. So, the... The Dardanelles was a really important link between two major seas. Mm. So having your location, having the location of your city being right there is really important for like trade routes and you get a lot of money. You also can exert your power over the entire region if you control that area. At first, when I heard Dardanelles, I just assumed it was some sort of Swedish pastry. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of what it doesn't it sound like like maybe they have some raspberries and chocolate. Mm. A little bit. Yeah. That's yeah. what it reminded me of. But apparently it's a very... Strategic battle area. Yeah. Well, I mean, (laughs) as like as war and as trade and commerce has changed, it was very important throughout like up until probably the 1500s or 1600s. After that, it became like kind of this global trade. And the waterway that became more important was the Suez Canal and then the Panama Canal, because that took so much time off of colonial trade. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. In 1870, the German self-taught archaeologist Heinrich Schliemann (laughs) traveled... I am pretty sure that's correct. I think you nailed it. I think I nailed it. Traveled only because I'm pretty sure that both of those I've seen in like Nazi names from before. (laughs) Traveled to the area and dug a massive trench in the mound, uncovering layer upon layer of ancient civilizations left behinds. And they had all been built on top of each other throughout the ages. And they actually call it like different, the different levels, like Troy 1, Troy 2, Troy 3. Really? Yeah. Many, because it was so important. After the destructions, they would just build another city on top of that, just like Pittsburgh. (laughs) 
I was going to say, like, obviously, uh, isn't London like that? Yeah, most of those ancient, like, most of those really old ancient cities do have, like, underground areas or do have, like, layers of city built underneath them. Mm, okay. Interesting. I, I thought that London, after the Great Fire, had to be rebuilt, kind of, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, there was also some other... There's some other cities. Uh, Constantinople is built on, or Istanbul, it's known as nowadays, is built on top of more ancient cities, like underneath gotcha. it. That's like one of the one that's mainly known for a city built on top of older cities. Well, once Arsenal won its first championship, I think London had to be rebuilt after the riots, right? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That Arsenal team, they got some, they got some fucking, uh, they're, fi- they're fighting Manchester for the drunkiest fans, I think. I, I don't know if they're actually a good team or not, <laughs> but I just, I saw their stadium and I assume they're probably not that good. Maybe they are. Yeah. It's the stadium that you see on the way into London from the north. Yeah. It's got, from a, it's got a gun on it. Yep. Though it is still unknown if the story of the Trojan War is factual or fictitious, it is widely believed that the site known as Hisserlich is the site of ancient Troy. Okay, now the Trojan Wars between Trojan and Dur- Duramax, right? Or Dur- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the other got him, Dura something. Oh. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the ones that like don't you don't usually use. You pick them up at the gas station. Yeah, Dur- I think it's like Duralite or Duramax. Uh, Duramax, I think, is a motor. That's a, that's a battery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the earliest mention in the historical record of the si- Society of Atlantis is Plato's dialogues of Cretus and Timius. Through Plato's dialogue, the character Cretus mentions that he learned of the ancient civilization from his grandfather, who in turn learned of the story from Solon, the Athenian statesman, who had lived 300 years before Plato's times. Now for context, Plato had lived between the years of about 428 and 348 BCE, making him about 80 years old when he died. Mm. He would have been ancient back now, then. Now, technically, he was a globehead, correct? Yes. Okay, yep. May have I'm... been May have been a globe. <laughs> Denied that flat earth. <laughs> or a globe cuck. <laughs> globe cuck, that's my favorite one. I have no idea about if he, if he believed in a round earth. No, but... it wasn't it him who got arrested by the Vatican? Not at all. No. no, okay. Who was the one that got arrested by the Vatican for that? There was, um... I can't think of his name. Can't think of his name. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't matter. I'm not think. I've, I've been researching this for three days, so... Okay. In a, in a minute, I'll just blurt it out, mm. so you guys will get it then. Solon had learned of the city of Atlantis from an Egyptian priest who claimed that the lost city and civilization of Atlantis had existed in 9000 BCE. Wow, okay. Was the Egyptian priest... Nicholas, uh, <laughs> I was gonna say, uh, King Nicholas Cages. It could have been, or he was the the dude from the Mummy. Yeah, the priest from the Mummy, the High Priest Nicholas Cages. Yeah, definitely. The city was founded by Poseidon to house and keep a human woman that he had fallen in love with for safekeeping. Or possible reading of the story is that she was his prisoner. Uh, and that he did not trust this human woman and didn't want her, like, wandering around on her own. I'm, I mean, if you look at real Greek mythology, it was probably a prisoner. Yeah. Well, back then, that would have, considering how they treated each other, women, children, it could have been considered a nice thing. Mm. 
Now, the two of them had five sets of twins, with the oldest, Atlas, becoming the first king of Atlantis. So they were the first 19 kids and counting. Yeah. You remember that, Joe? I think five, yeah, five sets of twins, so it'd be 10. Yeah, damn. Yeah, so they were 10 kids and counting. What is that? What is that? That is 19 kids and counting. Anywhere they have like five sets of quintuplets. I don't know. I think it's It's just a a, TLC show. Oh, I think it's just like a Mormon family with just Uh, a massive amount of kids. Okay. Like to the point where you almost have to like ear tag them just to keep track of them like a herd of children. Mm. The city of Atlantis was supposed to be surrounded by canals in a circular pattern with farms on the fertile plains outside of the city. Little like Iowa. Yeah, little bit. (laughs) When it comes to the politics and rituals of the island, Atlantis was curiously set up much like Athens in its traditions and religious rituals. Also, its politics being run less like a kingdom and more like a republic. The Atlanteans were on a large island continent and ruled the smaller islands that surrounded it, including the lands in Europe and Africa. And after a failed invasion of Europe and Africa, where the armies of Atlantis invaded as far east as Egypt and into Italy, they were foiled by the Athenians and Athens allies. The island that housed Atlantis afterwards experienced many tragedies, including floods, earthquakes, and volcanoes. And this is when the utopian city supposedly fell. So were they going to war with tridents? Possibly. (laughs) Tridents and those net things. Oh, yes. Yep, they of course had nets. And they also had chariots pulled by seahorses. Now, now, this information is speculation, correct? That's coming from what Plato. Okay. Yeah, so Plato's, Plato's Socratic Dialogues. Gotcha. Okay. Now, the other thing, I don't know if you're going to go into it later, but I thought the Atlanteans, allegedly, their religious was more like occultic beliefs. Have you ever heard that? Atlantis? Yes. So according to Plato, their religious rituals were a lot like Athens' religious rituals. Okay. See, I had heard, like, obviously, they kind of connect the Nazi belief system with the Atlantis belief system as like they practice occultic religious beliefs like dark magic or whatever, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, there are a lot of like conspiracy theories that have been made. Remember when I was saying about the 1800s, there was a revival in the belief of a a real Atlantean like location. Yeah, there have been a lot of conspiracies that have kind of severed off of that into conspiracies that maybe involve the Nazis or Mm. like the Nazis trying to find old Atlantean artifacts or magical technology, you know, that kind of stuff. Are we sure Plato couldn't have accidentally wrote Atlantis and meant Ireland? That actually, (laughs) well, that was a, you hit it on the bullseye for later on, but that is one of the possible locations. So really, yeah, it's. And it it is, it is, yeah. And it's just when o- O'Doyle brought in whiskey and brought him down. Yep, that took him down, just like <laughs> just like Family Guy. That's what took him down. So even during Plato's time, it was highly speculative whether or not the ancient city actually existed. And it is more likely that Plato had just used the story of Atlantis as a metaphor for the destruction of civilizations closer to his own time, such as Troy or the Minoans of Crete. Gotcha. Okay. So he could have just been 
One of those snarky writers. Yeah, he could have been just using it mm. as a device. Mm. So. Kind of like Hunter S. Thompson. Yeah, it the, is. The original Hunter S. Thompson is Plato. Yep. So he <laughs> he was known to just kind of create these civilizations out of thin air and just kind of topple them for effect of telling another story. Gotcha. Okay. I like you, Plato. Now, according to Plato, the location of the Atlantean homeland was an island west of the Pillar of Heracles, and we assume now that that is meant to be the Straits of Gibraltar, located in the Atlantic Ocean. Now, about the size of the island, Plato claimed that it was about the size of Libya and Asia Minor combined. This island would sink into the ocean after being ravaged by the earthquakes, floods, volcanoes, after the failed invasions had occurred. Okay, so I, I'll i be honest, I don't know the size of Libya in states. Where would you put it? Ooh, um, Libya is actually, the thing is, there's a difference between what we consider now, like, the country of Libya. Okay. And what was known as Libya back then. Because back then, the only thing, the only thing that they really controlled in North Africa would be like the northern coastline. They didn't really go down into the Sahara. Okay. That, like that much. There would have been people kind of like roaming around, wandering, living there possibly, but not exactly like a civilization. A lot of, a lot of North Africa at that time was ruled by descendants of like the Pheno- the Phoenicians. Okay. Uh, who was like a seafaring shoot off of the Greeks. So. So they were basically like the, I can't even think of the the name of the clan on Game of Thrones. The salt people. Saltwater people. Oh, yeah. The Greyjoys. Yeah, the Greyjoys. Okay. Yeah. What they, was their name? Iron Islanders. The, the Iron Island. Yeah. Okay. So you're saying the size could be anywhere between Rhode Island and Alaska. Yeah. Somewhere in there. Closer to Alaska. <laughs> okay. For, for modern day Libya, it's closer to Alaska. <laughs> okay. But for previous, it's probably closer to Rhode Island. <laughs> okay. So. <laughs> All right. For nearly two millennia, not a lot of thought was put into Plato's mythical island civilization of Atlantis, as his student, Aristotle, had claimed that, and I actually just mentioned this before, that one of Plato's strengths was creating mythical cities out of thin air, and it was believed that the city of Atlantis was nothing more than a device to tell a much different story. Okay, so Aristotle's throwing a little bit of shade at his his master here. Yeah, a little bit. What I a mean, dick. He, Socrates, Plato, mm, Aristotle. Mm. There are, you know, the especially when you get to be like the student of the student. You know, mm-hmm. it's you're you, gonna you're gonna want to make your own path in the world. Do you think Aristotle was a globe cuck as well? Could have been. <laughs> okay. Could have been. <laughs> so the belief of a mythical Atlantis began to change in 1882 when Atlantis, the antediluvian world was published by former congressman Ignatius L. Donnelly. Do not trust anybody named Ignatius. Nope, they're going to have their fucking hands in your pockets. It's coming. (laughs) Now, I was able to find a synopsis for this book, and according to goodread.com, lawyer and politician, before he turned to writing, Ignatius Donnelly, who lived from 1831 to 1901, spent many years amassing evidence for this book on Atlantis displaying an immense knowledge of platonic and biblical material, comparative archaeological discoveries, folk traditions of deluges, 
and geological data supporting catastrophic volcanic activity. Here's what I just took out of all that. If Ignatius would live in this time period, he'd be so happy because they have something called Dungeons and Dragons that he could have just played instead of writing this big book. And gotten his fix. Yes. Yes, correct. So, god damn it. Sometimes you're just born in the wrong time period. Exactly. So Donnelly hypothesized that the Atlanteans spread throughout Europe, Asia, Africa, and the Americas, and that their traditions and beliefs may have carried on through their mythical gods and heroes of into Greek, Hindu, and Scandinavian cultures. Donnelly's book ignited a belief in Atlantis being a real lost city and set many adventurers on the search for this lost city, even though many of Donnelly's supposed facts and research turned out to be false. Okay, so are you saying that he's claiming that they're gods and creature, or gods and heroes in those cultures... Like, they looked up to the Atlanteans, and then they created the deities out of them? Well, so, it is that the Atlanteans, the civil, the real people, supposed real people okay. of Atlantis, when they fled their destroyed city, they brought with them the gods and heroes that gotcha. would eventually become the myths and legends of, like, the Greeks and the Scandinavians and Egyptians. That, since, if you ever, like... If you ever do a lot of like research into the gods and myths and heroes of those areas, there's a lot of similar ones. There's always an e- like an equal. Of yeah, this, gotcha. This god is like this god, or this, or Thor is like Zeus, or this and that. You know? Right. Okay. All right. Well, whatever Atlanteans went up to the Scandinavians, I'm proud of you with you and your uh, pagan beliefs because they are awesome. Yeah. Even though his discoveries turned out to be not entirely on the level, his book still ignited a fire in popular culture, leading to the creation of many works of fiction that still live on to this day, with the idea of Atlantis carrying on in fiction through the mediums of literature, television, movies, and video games to this day, including, but not limited to, The Little Mermaid, Futurama, Aquaman, and Star Wars, The Phantom Hell Menace, yeah. just to name a few. Okay, wh- do they talk about Atlantis in Futurama? Yes. Or is it like an underwater city? So there's an episode where they go underwater, and they find the lost civilization of Atlanta. Do you remember gotcha. that episode? I do not. I okay. need to watch more of that, to be honest with you. So the basis of the episode was the city of Atlanta wanted to be a coastal city. So they picked up the entire city, <laughs> and they moved it to the middle of the ocean. But then the city of Atlanta came way too populated. There was too many buildings, so it sank to the bottom of the ocean. But the Coca-Cola factory mutated everyone and allowed them to become people. So Matt Groening basically took a page out of Plato's book and is explaining Atlantis through Atlanta. Yeah, well, I mean, possibly not Plato's book. It could just be The Little Mermaid mixed with all these other little fictional things. But what I'm I'm saying is he's using a medium of a possible real story to to tell a fictional one. Like, he's using Atlantis as a basis to tell the story of Atlanta moving out to the middle of the ocean, becoming their own civilization. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. As a de- as a device using yeah, the yeah. fictional story of the underwater Atlantis as Atlanta. Okay. And then well, making I, fun of Atlanta at the same time. I, I hope he put thanks to Plato in the credits. Yeah. 
And then obviously <laughs> Star Wars The Phantom Menace, there was the underwater Gungans, you know. We don't talk about that one. Compared to the last three, that was, I'm not going to fucking talk about it. Oh, it's better than so the last you, three. You're going to get so much heat. Yeah, send it. <laughs> one of the biggest conspiracies that has surfaced about the lost city of Atlantis is that the island that the city was located on was hit by many different catastrophes all at once. And that even with all of the advanced technologies that the Atlanteans possessed, the inhabitants of the city could not save their homeland and spread throughout the world, jumpstarting the great civilizations of the past, landing in Europe, Egypt, the Near East, and the Americas. And this kind of is on the same level that if you hear conspiracies that the Atlanteans were the ones who created the pyramids in both Egypt and in Mesoamerica. I figured you were going to say they got 5G technology and they destroyed their society, but... Possibly also 5G. They <laughs> did have advanced technology. Okay, so this is interesting. What, But what makes... What would make this island of people so much more advanced than everybody else? That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, there's, a, there's theories about that, too. Um, like, possibly where the Atlanteans had come from or how they got all of this technology. Uh, if they were, in fact, human, that's another... That's another big one. Maybe. Over, with evolution over a long period of time, catfish came on the land, then became the Atlanteans, and it, the catfish is the smartest fish, right? Could be. Or maybe they're dolphins. <laughs> dolphins uh, are a lot smarter go. than humans. There if, we go. If dolphins had hands, we would be fucked. You think so? Oh, yeah, definitely. Dolphins are a lot smarter than humans. Mm. As for the location of Atlantis, I found countless during my research. And they are apparently spread throughout the world. Now, here are some of these locations that are mentioned, which are either the most interesting or the craziest. And some of these I'm going to go into big detail on. Some of them I'm just going to whip right through. Okay, you better have Nova Scotia on here. Not quite, <laughs> but I do have the general area. Okay. So the island of Thera, which is in modern day Santorini. Mm, you made this up. Possibly no. Possibly yes. No, I didn't. It's it's a real place. So the small ring of islands known as Santorini these days was known in ancient times as Thera. Now, Thera was a site of a major volcanic eruption that sped up the collapse of the Minoan civilization on the island of Crete, supposedly. Mm. Thera is also believed to be the most likely location for the lost city of Atlantis, even though it's 2000 BCE destruction doesn't match up entirely with the numbers that Pluto gave, that would mean that less time had actually passed than the 9,000 years. Well, so the 9,000 BCE date yeah. and the date when Plato read the story doesn't quite match up. But there is a theory that the symbol for 100 could have been misinterpreted for the symbol for 1,000. And that would actually line the story up with the Thera eruption. Gotcha. Okay. So Atlantis would be really fucking old then if it was here, right? Yeah, no. If it, if it was Thera, if Atlantis was destroyed by the major caldera eruption of Thera, it would be a lot less old. Oh, a lot than, less old. Than the Plato's 9000 BC interpretation. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. If it was interpreted as 2000 BCE rather than 9000 BCE. I'm just going to throw this out here, Phil. Any place that is that named Santorini that sounds like the type of noodle you'll get in a craft dinner, 
I don't even think it's a real place. Yeah, it does look nice. If you look at pictures of it, it's still it's nice. It's you can you can see exactly. It's a ring around a smaller island. You can definitely tell there was a volcano there. Gotcha. And it, it it blew the fuck out. Like I was hoping that the whole island was going to be like a spiral, like a pasta shape. Like oh, a spiral like almost, that. <laughs> yeah, kind of a little bit, yeah. not quite a spiral, but it is a, it's like a bullseye, a, <laughs> a big go. thing in the center, and then a ring around. I it. feel, I feel like mac and cheese should release a special sh- pasta shape and call it Santorini. Santorini pasta, uh, yeah, it's just a spiral, yeah, yeah, with a little dot in it. So the next location is Ireland. Hell yeah! Now Ireland is in the Atlantic, which technically makes it west of the Straits of Gibraltar, which are supposedly the Pillar of Heracles. Now, according to Plato's dialogues, from what we had heard from Solon via the Egyptian priest, Atlantis was an island with other islands around it, with a fertile plain where the civilization, where the citizens of Atlantis farmed the land and grew crops for themselves. Now, the theory is that Ireland is the lost location of Atlantis because of its location to other islands and to Europe, and because of its temperate climate, allowing for really good harvests of crops. Are the Atlanteans known for loving potatoes? I'm not exactly sure mm. of, of the Atlanteans' love of whiskey and potatoes. Okay. Would they have had a Guinness brewery in Atlantic or Atlantis? If they were advanced, I believe they would have some kind of Guinness brewery. Yes. I mean, that's possible. That'd be kind of cool, honestly. Yeah, if we found old bottles of Guinness. Yeah, like, well, how, okay, you didn't really say how old would you speculate Atlantis would be? I would go along, if Atlantis was a real, real thing. Yes. And I would say it was probably during the palatial period the of Minoan society, somewhere close to... Italy and Greece and like the Near East Egypt, kind yeah. of in that region, like that Eastern Mediterranean area. I would say it's probably between 2500 and 1600 BCE. Okay. Okay. Kind of putting it where the Minoans were. Okay. And uh, for those laymen's like myself, how old is that civilization? So you're going to put uh, 2000 years onto... Like 1600 and 2500. So 36 and about 4500 years old. Okay. So, okay. All right. All right. So it's not as old as like the Sumerians. Yeah. If I, if, if we had found out that Atlantis was an actual real place, Mm. I would, and someone asked me, like, where do you think it is and what time and what do you think it was like? I would think it was from about that period. I would think it was from about that area, and I would not think that they had like the advanced technology that is goes along with the mess. I would think that it was just a a regular post Stone Age, you know, like just coming on that early Bronze Age type area. So they didn't like you're saying time frame. They probably didn't have saddles on their dolphins and sharks and laser beams out of their tridents and stuff like the citizens of Pittsburgh used to have. No, up until a few years ago, yes, the <laughs> citizens of Pittsburgh were still like saddling up their dolphins. Yes, correct. All right. But yeah, I would say there was not like the technology that you would see if we did find like a real city of Atlantis would probably be comparable to 
what you would find in other civilizations of that time period. Gotcha. Okay. Well, where where else could Atlantis, Atlantis have possibly been? So another uh, pretty decent theory, kind of further away, is the Caribbean. The Caribbean. Now, this is a theory that the lost city of Atlantis was in the Caribbean, and that the chain of islands was once part of a subcontinent that had submerged under the sea after the end of the Ice Age. Now, there has been structures found underneath the waters of the Caribbean, and according to this theory, they are the remnants of the Stone Age seafaring civilization that could have been the Atlanteans. Okay, now, did they find any remnants of jerk chicken seasoning? I do not believe so, no. Okay, now, how about... Uh, Captain Morgan rum bottles. No. Okay, not well quite. then, I don't know if the Atlanteans were here. Yeah, couldn't, I'm not exactly sure. Was there any sandals resorts <laughs> underneath the water there? <laughs> that would be great if they found that. Ancient resorts for the Athenians and the, <laughs> the, the Etruscans and whatnot. So also, I'm going to do these ones a little bit more in rapid fire. There's also belief that there was a continent in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, but it was swallowed up. And that's also, there's an alien conspiracy, if you've ever heard the Rendlesham Forest belief, that there was a continent west of Africa that the aliens- Isn't that Madagascar? Oh, no, sorry. A continent (laughs) west of Europe. Okay. Yeah. West of Europe between the Americas and Ireland. West of Ireland. Gotcha. I think you mean east. No, yes, I'm sorry, west. West of Ireland, east of America. Yeah, and I'm an idiot because Madagascar is east East of of Africa. Africa. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, you know, this kind of makes me wonder because obviously that ocean is humongous, right? Yeah. How many, like, little Tom Hanks castaway islands could there be out there that we don't know are out there? Well, one good one that we, well, we do know it's out there. One possible location for inside the large like northern atlantic is the azores which are owned by portugal and it's uh, obviously west of portugal how f- how far out is it i think it's about 900 miles really I'll have to look again yeah but it is it's currently used as a midway point for aircraft and an emergency landing for aircraft aircraft flying from europe to america but i'm talking about the, the castaway island where it's like you could not land a plane on it. It's just a little blip of land that's there. Oh, yeah. For as far as the Atlantic goes, there's not a ton of islands in the Atlantic just because of how um, there's not a ton of like how how the plates come together to form a lot of the volcanic islands. So the plates in the Atlantic spread apart. Gotcha. So there's not a lot of volcanic, like, magma flow forcing, like, there's not a lot of magma being forced up creating islands. Okay, well, what I'm saying is, in any of the oceans, then, anywhere in the world, we'll say, just, like, undocumented islands is what I mean. Oh, yeah, like, in the Pacific. Yeah. There's, I don't know if there's any more, because we have satellites now, but... There's a lot of islands okay. in the Pacific. Yeah. Okay. Those well, type of castaway islands and the Indian Ocean and whatnot. I wish I could remember the name of the James Cameron movie that I watched where there's like an alien civilization underneath the water like 20,000 feet below. or not even Pacific Rim, is it? No, no, okay. no. This is an old ass movie. It's like 80s. Okay. It's a interesting movie. He, he goes 
God, how far down is it? I Maybe it's like 40,000 feet under the ocean or whatever, and there's just like an alien ship there. Kind of oh. cool. Maybe is that it, was Atlantis. Isn't he the one who, in real life, like took a submarine down? James Cameron? James Cameron. Maybe. I don't know. I heard one of the directors did that. He seems to really like water, so. Yeah. Anyway. So some other rapid fire ones. Uh, there's also a belief that it could be Antarctica. And the theory is that the ancient cities are still under there, just underneath the ice. Okay, I want—I know we're quick fire. I want to talk about this because this is my personal favorite one. That it—I don't know. In my head, it feels like very probable that if there was inhabitable land underneath Antarctica, and then there was a let's say polar switch, right, Mm -hmm. where it used to be warm there, and now it's cold there. Like, the world switched, and it was overtaken during, like, an ice age or something. That yeah. is kind of an interesting belief system that I, I kind of like. Yeah, I have heard that theory before, that Antarctica once was home to people and civilizations. They also There's also theories that there could be pyramids under the ice, that sort of thing. Well, at the pace we're going, I'm sure that place is going to be melted in no time, so we'll find oh, out. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be melted there and frozen solid in Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah exactly. Definitely. So there's other little theories, too. Um, there's a really good one that's on the coast of Spain, where they're actually doing some archaeological digging. They've uh, they found what they think is ancient remnants of civilization there. They're just not sure if it's... Exactly, you know, Atlantis. Maybe the Atlanteans taught them how to salsa dance. It is true. It's possible. <laughs> and I mean, fight bulls. And fight bulls, yeah. yeah. Actually, there was, uh, the the Minoans used to do something where they would ride bulls. And um, basically, just to show their mettle, like to test their mettle. Uh, it was kind of weird. I, kind of, I learned about it in, uh, yeah, ancient Greece class. That's kind of badass. Yeah. It's they have uh they have like paintings of it in the old ruins of like on Crete. Hmm. So I wish we rode bulls instead of them pussy ass horses. Yeah. Oh yeah. Any <laughs> any rodeo guy, you gotta gotta just switch the bulls. I feel yeah. like they should start riding. Like they should be required to get in a fish tank on like a a shark or something and ride that. <laughs> Step your game up. We'll put little ropes around the shark's balls and then get them all wired up. Yeah, definitely. So another possible location. It could have been in Crete. Plato may have been actually talking about the Minoans or another civilization pre-Minoan that was living in Crete. Mm. It could have also been in Anatolia, which is current day Turkey. Okay. Could have also been Mesopotamia, which is obviously it's Iraq. Okay. Also Italy. There's uh, the ancient civilization Etruscans who the Romans stole most of their things from. They actually, the Etruscans didn't speak Proto-Indo-European. They actually spoke a language much older. That's kind of where the theory comes from. Gotcha. Also, Finland, that could have been the possible location of Atlantis. There's also, uh, much further away, a part we didn't really talk about, Indonesia, Sri Lanka, and India are possible locations. That That's like really far from everywhere you've been talking about. Yeah, exactly. Imagine like even a seafaring civilization at that time without the Suez Canal. That is a long way to travel, to interact well, they, with they, Athens. They can just ride their dolphins and their sharks over there. Yeah, their chariots pulled by seahorses. <laughs> definitely. So another, and this is going to be the last one I do, but it is my favorite. Mars. Hell yes. 
So one of the craziest theories, according to most, is that the home of Atlantis was not on this planet at all, and that when the planet of Mars turned into a barren wasteland that it currently is today, the Atlanteans fled that planet and relocated on Earth, becoming the gods and goddesses that would influence cultural development here on Earth. There is also some great documentaries on the internet claiming that Mars was the location of some kind of spirit war between like lesser and higher beings, and supposedly these spirits are here on Earth. I, I can't explain it all. You'd have to watch it yourself. I highly recommend you try to find these documentaries on YouTube. Hell yeah. And give well, them a watch. Okay, so I, I have heard this before. This is like an ancient aliens thing where basically the aliens fled a planet, came here, and interbred with humans, right, for survival. Yes. Um... Here's my biggest problem. They don't have any water on Mars. Yeah, so Mars <laughs> actually used to be an Earth-like planet. It is on the it's on the edge of the Goldilocks zone. Okay. Okay. So so you're putting the most credence in this belief. No, it's just my favorite. <laughs> no. So really Mars Mars cooled down and it lost most of its atmosphere and ability to be home to life as we know it, like life here on Earth. Supposedly, like, millions of years ago. So, do, do you think the Atlanteans brought dolphins and seahorses with them, then? Possibly. Possibly. Could have. Okay. Saved. They saved some of the the life on Mars. There is actually a theory that life started on Mars, and because of panspermia, okay. an asteroid hitting Mars, and then that smaller rock coming in implanting life here on earth like bacteria single-celled organisms that that's how life started in the soup of earth so it's basically like god playing marbles pretty much okay so uh yeah i don't i don't know that one's pretty crazy i think with that one you're basically taking something mystical and then doubling down on it and making it even more mystical yeah although it would be amazing if that was found out to be true yeah so, I mean, this kind of also goes along with the theory of Planet X possibly being Nibiru. the... Yeah, so I didn't really find too much on Nibiru being the home of Atlantis. But, I mean, maybe there could be another theory out there that Nibiru is Atlantis. And the last time Nibiru Planet X came around, maybe that was, you know, who populated the Earth with these gods that, you know, the Egyptians and the greeks started following so very possible i guess you can if you look hard enough you can connect the dots all right let's uh phil i want you to tell me what do you think do you think atlantis is real do you think it's just a lost civilization do you think there's a mystical quality to it what do you think i think that there could be like a great civilization not a great civilization but a civilization that is like lost to history, but I do not believe, I believe Plato was just making it up. Oh, I think he okay. was either talking about another civilization that was closer to his own time or like the downfall of that civilization, or he was just making a reference for what he didn't want his people to do wrong, S- giving them a fictional example of like, don't do this because of this. Don't go to, don't try to, do like a senseless war. Don't, you know, don't try to have this kind of society where you indulge yourself type of deal. 
So basically, if he if Plato was a YouTube star, he would have released Plandemic 2020. Yeah, exactly. Kind of. Okay. He's just out there for us. Yeah, yeah okay. he's out there to help. He's just making shit up as he goes. Okay, well, you know what, Phil? I I know we didn't talk about it much, but I I I would assume there's plenty of lost civilizations that we'll never know about. Atlantis could certainly be one of them. I don't know enough about history to make a real educated guess like you can, but I like the the Antarctica one. That one has always stuck with me, and mm. I'm hoping one day we'll find out what is beneath that ice, and I hope it's not just Barry Sotero's birth certificate that's down there, but... Well, 20 years from now, that ice is going to be all melted. We'll see. His birth certificate's going to be in saran wrap just at the bottom of Antarctica? Yep, exactly. No, we'll we'll see if there's some civilizations under that ice. That or a Nazi base. That's a big one, too. Oh, yeah. But uh but yeah, I don't I don't know. It's it kind of makes you wonder, is it possible that at one point in time there was a civilization that was just far above everything we think of with like prehistoric people or I don't know what you want to call the Bible age people like 2000 years ago, 2000 plus years ago, were they what would you consider that intelligence level? It's I mean, imagine if our civilization, our entire world civilization fell today. And it took 12,000 years for humans to get back to the point we are at right now. You would think that after all of our great buildings, all of, after all of our great works were taken back by the earth, everything was destroyed. You would think that they would assume that they were the first to be as advanced as we are today. Good point. That is a very good point. We've brought this up before that. We we know for certain that humans have amnesia about prior events and always forget yep. what happens when you do certain things. So that's a very good point. It'd be amazing to find like an advanced civilization that had like electronics and technology and it had fallen apart in a stone age or something. That'd be amazing. In what we consider to be pre-human stone age, they actually, maybe there was a great catastrophe and they left this fucking planet. Who knows? I'm still convinced that in the dinosaur age, they had T-Mobile 4G and, you know, corporate T-Rex got a little too greedy and he released 5G and then it killed them all. That is possible. Yeah, uh, 5G. Uh, Watch out for 5G, folks. It's, the, a, it's a killer. Old Bill Gatesosaurus Rex got him. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Bezos and Don. Yeah, there you go. Anyway, if anybody wants to email us about their feelings of Atlantis, where can they do that? They can hit us up on our email, subliminaldpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we love hearing from everybody, and it's always great to get your guys' ideas. Uh, they can also get to us on our Instagram. It is Subliminal Deception Podcast. That's on IG. Uh, also, another group, probably the best way to get a hold of us. Uh, we're really on top of that one. We also have our own Instagrams. Mine is SDPodPhil. I actually check it now and I post things to it in this pandemic time. So, Cody, you got one? Yeah, you can follow my personal Instagram at CodyZabub uh, and chat with me. I post funny conspiracy memes sometimes, all that fun stuff. The last thing we need you guys to do is if you are a iTunes uh, user, just go ahead and leave the show five-star review, write whatever you want. It doesn't really matter. Uh, if you're a Spotify user, just hit the follow button and you will be always updated when we drop the newest episode. Otherwise, guys, uh, Phil, amazing job this week. I think a lot of people are going to learn a lot of information 
Uh, otherwise, we'll see you next week. Thanks, guys.